Hello, I'm Jo Earp, and you're listening to an episode of the Global Education Podcast Series, brought to you by Teacher Magazine. Today I'm talking to Dr Mary Kimani, a research fellow at the Australian Council for Educational Research, about school support for refugee students from sub-Saharan Africa. She's been exploring student success stories through interviews with youngsters who arrived in Australia from Rwanda, Burundi, Southern Sudan, Somalia and the Democratic Republic of Congo, also their teachers and principals. I started by asking about her study's definition of success and the two overriding themes that came from the student responses. What I meant by success is I was looking at students who have been able to go through high school, at least two years of high school, and they have been admitted to one of the universities here in Melbourne. Yes, and one of the things that came very clearly Uh, from my interviews with the students is their level of resilience uh, as well as uh, optimism. Um, They talked about wanting to further their education and to get a university education and probably this could be explained by the kind of experiences that they went through during uh, their refugee life. Uh, Many of them talked about living in different countries. And, and as a result, they might have developed this resilience and the fact they are able to persist on, on, on something against all odds. And in this case, the particular students that we are talking about, they had many odds. Uh, low literacy in, in their mother language as well as in English, low profici- proficiency in the English language, and of course, coming to a new country where they, they don't know the country, they don't know the system of education, and all these were working against them. But I think they often talked about the fact that they were able to go through the refugee camps and the different countries that they had to go through, and so they had to persevere uh, to be able to reach where they had reached. Uh, optimism in the sense that they looked at... Uh, the new country that they have acquired, so to say, as uh, their hope, and, and they looked and saw a future. They didn't want to be seen as uh, victims. They wanted to move on from that, and uh, this links into one of the uh, bits of feedback that you got from speaking to them, that information on, on pathways and next steps was really important to them, wasn't it? Yes, uh, I think a few of them, and, and again, we, we need to to be specific in the sense that the, the students that I was interviewing are students who have made it. So uh, we can't generalize, it's mm-hmm. just a small number of students and, and therefore they they have succeeded and, and they're looking back to, to their success. But uh, they did talk about the, the kind of uh, counseling that they were provided with at the beginning when they, they came to Australia and they mentioned of it being more on making them Cope with with the past traumas, their past experiences, uh, making them learn the country, and they would say we'll be told about going for holidays, getting to know, and they were becoming a bit impatient. And like one of the students said, "No, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to hear about what pathways are there for me, what are the options, how can I 
how can I go to school? How can I make it in school and pursue my my, my dreams? And and the other thing is that uh, they faltered the counselling uh, processes uh, because, as one of the students said, is that they expected to give them brochures, information, and they were supposed to read for themselves and make decisions for themselves. This was career counselling. Yes, wasn't career counselling. Yeah, but they, I mean, from where they come from, I mean, well, being African, I think the adults have more say in in what little children get to do and what they become. And having come from um, uh, an environment and a background where they are provided with all the information and an adult helps them to make the necessary decisions. So they make suggestions. They are very directive in the kind of advice they give. But in this case, they found the, the kind of advice very laid back because it's like they give you information, you're supposed to read for yourself, understand the information, and, and move on, make your decision. But of course, one, the, the level of English that is in that information is definitely higher than what, what they could comprehend. And, and also, it's not, that's not their, their way of life. They, they, they are used to be told what to do. Not to be told really, but to be directed mm-hmm. on, on Give what more to direction do. Yeah, rather yeah. than, uh, and give yeah. more suggestions rather than just saying, well, it's yeah. completely up to you what, yeah. what you'd like to do. Yeah, and they don't want to even to be told, this is, it, it's like I'm saying, this is what there is, but this is what I would advise you to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more than just even telling you, these are my suggestions. It's saying that these are what is, this is what is available, but this is what I would advise you to do. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of advice they were looking for. Oh, that's interesting. So perhaps just in, uh, being aware of that culture difference then, mm. uh, in, in what happens with career counselling. Um, yes. One of the things uh, that I did want to speak about in terms of the teacher characteristics, the, the, the students um, that you spoke to um, uh, spoke about the teachers who'd supported them. And um, they highlighted sort of several characteristics, if you like. Um, can you just take us through some of the, some of the responses then? Um, now, in terms of uh, teachers, uh, yeah, students talked about uh, teachers, critical teachers uh, uh, that were in their lives. And uh, in the study that I, I did, I called it that this teacher was different because that is the, the expression that they talked about. Now, they talked about this teacher being caring and um, they, they were talking about the teachers going just beyond the teaching aspect, but even getting to know what, what, what are some of the other struggles that, that they are going through. Teachers who give them more time even in class, that even if they were unable to express themselves, the teacher would still give them uh, the opportunity to talk, although sometimes uh, that would need to be balanced because sometimes giving them a chance to talk would embarrass them in class. Mm-hmm. But just that patience to know that they, they are not good in, in English, and, but I'm willing to wait and give you more time to, ex, to express yourself. Mm-hmm. They talked about teachers who would break the, the task into more manageable tasks. I guess it's, it's good practice for any teacher mm-hmm. uh, where they would explain to them, I mean, uh, give them smaller, small tasks and, and then graduate them to, to bigger tasks as, as they continue to progress. 
But I think the greatest was the teachers who believed in them and who saw the potential beyond what the, child, the students could, uh, could demonstrate at the initial stage after they, they joined the school. And, and seeing that this child has more potential, it's only that, yes, they're struggling with language. They're struggling to fit in in a new environment, but we can support them and, and help them uh, adjust and be able to tap the, the potential that, that, that is in, in, in them. Uh, they, they talked about teachers who went beyond the classroom walls to find out what, what, how they are doing and, and particularly talked about teachers who, who they were working with in their home, uh, homework clubs uh, and more so because the teachers would have one-on-one -on -one, uh, time and, and they would support them, they would be able to know what uh, they were struggling with and then support them through that process. Finally then, um, and we can't generalise, you've mentioned this is a small skill study with just, just 10 students and uh, they've experienced success. Mm. Um, there was another interesting point though for teachers in terms of uh, using that strength and resilience that the refugee students had, uh, had developed based on the past experience, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's just like probably what they call the, the strength-based approach where we are not looking at the deficits of the students, mm -hmm. but we are looking at what is it that they are bringing into the learning environment that could be integrated uh, within the learning process uh, so that we can, one, validate what they know and, and f make them feel they are respected and they have something to offer uh, within the learning environment. And this is by looking at, I mean, just like the characteristics that we are talking about, the resilience and optimism. It means that uh, this student can be able to stay on a task for a longer period, mm -hmm. so long as they understand how does this task connect with my goal. I want to succeed in life. I want to succeed academically. So if, if I'm on this task, then I can stay on it because it will help, help me achieve my goals. That's great. Uh, there's some fascinating insights there from the uh, stories that you've collected from students that are refugees uh, from sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, study uh, taking place in Victoria here. Thanks ever so much for talking to teacher today. Thank you. And I, for the privilege. <laughs> That's all for this episode of Global Education. To download all of our podcasts for free, visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen acer. To access the latest articles, videos and infographics, visit www.teachermagazine.com.au.